Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who fully believe in the drama club star to unimaginable Broadway success pipeline. I'm Hannah That was probably your longest. Probably, yeah. And I'm Audrey Leach. We are the sister filmmaking duo, also known as Tooping Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today we are talking about 2008's High School Musical 3, senior year. Ooh, yeah. High School Musical, who says we have to let it go. 16, So I guess once they hand us that diploma, we're actually done here. What makes you think we're getting diplomas? <sighs> This show must go on. Show them how we do a game. This is the last time to get it This is the last chance to make it on. I'm a lot better at saying goodbye than you. Why are you saying goodbye? Hi, Audrey. Hi. To the YouTube viewers, you're probably wondering. Why does she look like a potato in an interrogation room? (laughs) And that is because I am sitting on the floor of my tiny, cute little Airbnb studio apartment in Alexandria, Virginia, where my best friend from college is visiting her family. She normally lives in France, blah, blah, blah. Only see her every few years. So I'm here. But I don't have a ring light, so I just look a little heinous. And I'm using Zoom video, which also adds to the heinousness. We hope that you really enjoyed our episode last week. It was an absolute dream come true for us. We are changed. We have been (laughs) changed for good. If you haven't watched The Tenth Kingdom by now, I don't really, I don't know what you're doing. Like you're just being (laughs) obstinate to be obstinate if you haven't watched it yet. (laughs) Also, Audrey, I just realized... We are like very Gabriella and Sharpay right now. I know. (laughs) 
Good for us. We did not even plan this. Yeah. I was like, I'll wear red. And like, yeah, the hair is more Gabriella. You're yep. you're in pink with yep. blonde hair. So yep. we are adversaries that for some reason get along at the very end for no reason. <sighs> oh, man. <laughs> is that not what being sisters is like, though? Not us. No. No, we are perfect angels who never We're not fight adversaries. ever. <laughs> No, we're never really adversaries per se. We're foils of each other, maybe. But that's a question for the culture this week. The culture is super sick right now. It's actually really bad, period. Okay, I kind of have one. I don't know if okay. it's a fully formed question, but just okay. yesterday was election day. I was kind of shocked by the amount of people that will post an Instagram story with the little voted sticker thing like that you can use on Instagram. Like, I don't know why that shocked me because from most norm, like normal people, like you posting that you voted, like that's not going to influence anyone to vote. It's just like you saying you voted. I, I, I don't think that it's like a bad thing. I just, I don't have that like urge to want to post that I voted, but I, well, I guess I get it. Do you do absentee voting in Ohio? Yeah. Like you do mail-in or whatever? Mm-hmm. I I hear what you're saying. Um, I think that when you go in person, it feels a lot more like you did something. It's like an event. Yeah, and also like poll workers are always just like the nicest old ladies ever who just like love you for being there. So you feel very like I participated in democracy today. So I'm in D.C. now, but before I left, I voted in person. When I was getting my ballot, the lady who gave me my ballot complimented me like six times in two minutes. Like. Everything about my outfit, my handwriting, my accessories, like all of this shit. And then when I left, there was this lady in the parking lot who had like this giant box of like gay and like Black Lives Matter stickers, but they were like cute. And she was like, yeah, like take as many as you want. Just like text your friends and tell them to vote so you can have stickers. And it's just very wholesome. It's like one of the very few experiences where you feel like, your community is like actually doing something in tandem with the government, I guess, but like in a good way. I did not post that I voted, but I do think it's worth posting. Yeah. I mean, of all things, like of all self-indulgent things to post, this is not high on the list. Yeah. (laughs) But like, again, like it was just surprised that that many people, especially for the midterms, I feel like when it's the presidential elections, it's like, yeah, everybody's going to be like super aware of that. Yeah. But no, it's it's a good thing that like young people are actually voting in the midterms because I feel like a lot of times it does get, (laughs) it gets less hype. Yes. Um, Yes. But yeah, I was just surprised. It's time to talk about High School Musical 3. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and say before we get into it, we are not going to sit here and read this cast list. You know (laughs) who's in High School Musical 3. (laughs) I did include three people in the cast list, just the new characters, but we'll get to that. High School Musical 3 was released in theaters on October 24th, 2008 and was rated G, which I was kind of surprised by for whatever reason. It was directed and choreographed by King Kenny Ortega and written by Peter Barsocini, (laughs) who is the same person who writes like all the high school musical stuff. Okay, synopsis. 
This is the IMDb one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I hope they're all different. Okay. That they looks are. like they are. They are. Okay. As seniors in high school, Troy and Gabriella struggle with the idea of being separated from one another as college approaches. Along with the rest of the Wildcats, they stage a spring musical <laughs> to address their experiences, <laughs> hopes, and fears about their future. <laughs> This is actually drama therapy, it turns uh, out. Uh, it's really funny. <laughs> so funny. Okay, letter boxed. It's almost graduation day for high school seniors, Troy, Gabriella, Sharpay, Chad, Ryan, and Taylor. And the thought of heading off in separate directions after leaving East High has these wildcats thinking they need to do something they'll remember forever. Together with the rest of the wildcats, they stage a spring <laughs> musical reflecting their hopes and fears about the future. And they're unforgettable. <laughs> experiences together growing up together but with graduation approaching and college plans in question what will become what will become the dreams I don't know why we're losing romance I don't know and friendships of East High's senior one (laughs) okay it's your turn Rotten Tomatoes. Amid preparations for a basketball championship, prom, and graduation, sweethearts Troy Bolton and Gabriella Montez vow to savor every moment, knowing that college plans put the future of their relationship into question. An elaborate spring musical is just the thing for these two wildcats and the rest of their classmates to express their fears and hopes for the future. Bro. I don't know why that was like the funniest thing I've ever read. I think it's just every time they say wildcats, it just is funny. Yeah, Uh, it is. Okay. Allegedly, there are no taglines because guess what? They don't need a damn tagline. Mm -hmm. It's High School Musical 3, the ultimate culmination of a beloved trilogy. (laughs) Yeah. And I really looked like I... I did like a deep Google image dive and basically all the posters were like High School Musical 3 senior year with like all of them jumping or it's like just a like just a Sharpay white background yeah. High School Musical 3 like just very like iconography based. They're beyond marketing tactics. Correct. They don't need that shit. They do not need it at all. As we mentioned earlier, (laughs) we're not going through this cast because I can't sit here and read you a list of Corbin Blue's Broadway achievements (laughs) again. I just don't have it in me. But so the three people that I did write down, it is honestly, it is a damn shame, but like (laughs) you bitches can revisit HSM one or two or jump in for that information. I only wrote down the three new characters, but they also barely exist. But just for the sake of generosity, we have Gemma McKenzie Brown as Tiara Gold, which I found myself wondering I wonder if she was written as English or if they disliked her and then made her English. I'm guessing it was the second. But she's best known for High School Musical 3, The Rook, The Amazing Mrs. Pritchard, and Am I High? Matt Prokop as Jimmy Zara and Justin Martin as Donnie Dion. I hate that these characters were even written in, like genuinely. The budget was $11 million. Mm -hmm. That's actually really modest for a feature of this stature. That's Mm kind of crazy. 
um, they knew this would be very profitable. The first movie was 4.2 million and the second was 7 million. So yeah, that's, you can tell where they spent their money though to like take it up a notch. Yeah. The opening weekend made 42,030,184 and the worldwide gross is 252,909,000. 177. The profit that margin is, a is gross. great return on investment. <laughs> and to think all you have to do is write like a weird ass musical and you can like I can we can do that. Why not? Literally like I've watched some musicals lately that have been so insufferable that I'm like I should probably do that next. We could do that for sure. Yeah, because to me modern day musicals are absolutely horrible. They are so bad. We're coming to save musical theater. (laughs) I know. I really, okay. I problematically really want to do my um, good, good adaptation of Aquamarine. Yeah. I think I could do it. Mm -hmm. It's something that's been rolling around in my mind as an idea. Audrey's over there like doubting, but I feel like I just, you know, like it's so hypocritical for me to be like, why would you touch a perfect film? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just a hard thing to do well. Yeah, well, it would have to be like kind of like an like an interpretation of the story, like a slightly different interpretation, just so it isn't like let's make it look just like the movie, you know, give it its yeah. own like spin. Yeah. So maybe do you want to talk about these critic and audience opinions? The critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is sixty four percent. The critic consensus on Rotten Tomatoes: it won't win many converts, but High School Musical three is bright, energetic, and well crafted. Hmm. Yeah. That's really good. That's really mm-hmm. accurate. Here's four different critic opinions. The first one is High School Musical 3 overstays its welcome, stretching out about 20 minutes longer than it needs to, thanks chiefly to a final celebratory reel that simply refuses <laughs> to end. Yes, but like I'm the bitch who wanted it. So <laughs> okay. Um, the second one is it's hard to begrudge a film's success when it has such an upbeat attitude and overwhelming respect for all its characters. The third one is exuberant, celebratory, joyous. High school never looked or sounded so good. Mm -hmm. And the fourth one is frustratingly shallow, but what it lacks in narrative ambition, it makes up for in dazzling choreography. (laughs) (laughs) Which I agree with. Yeah. And then for the common sense media section, I thought that the things to talk about with your family were actually really good questions. So I put them in the second half. So if we want to use them as conversation prompts, we can because they're good questions. Okay, so now on to the audience opinions. The letterbox audience average star rating was 3.1 stars and the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes was 72%. Here are some audience opinions. The main conflict is that nobody has ever heard of having more than one interest. Maybe cringy, but fuck yeah. Ryan Murphy wishes this was him because this film invented cinematic meta high school musicals. Ryan and Kelsey being a gay and lesbian ironically going to prom together. Miss Darbus is greater than Will Schuster. Agreed. Tale as old as time with that one. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? They actually were onto something there. If anything, what is bad about it is that they are kind of implying that Ryan is like actually into her in some way. And, but like, it, nobody actually takes it that way. But it's just like, they also paint him out to seem like such a villain. Like, like he's doing his sister's bidding by asking Kelsey to prom and being nice yeah. to her when he would just be nice to her anyway. There, like, it's kind of crazy. There's a lot of loose ends in this movie. 
two more audience opinions. In what world would Troy Bolton have been valedictorian? Do they even ever say he's valedictorian? I don't think so. But he gives the speech. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But they don't, like, I don't think he actually is. I think he's just, like, for some reason, the, like, the, the speech person. He's the president of the United States. He's the playmaker. And then the last audience opinion. A mature and sincere investigation into identity, self-discovery, and the conflicts and emotions that arise during the transition from high school to college. An instant classic and a cornerstone of modern cinema. Also, stone cold gay, my man. <laughs> Pretty true. Okay, so cultural context. I literally cannot sit here and talk to you about the Disney Channel in 2008. I just can't. So I just mind some interesting trivia about this movie. Shall I indulge? So with $42 million, uh, High School Musical 3 holds the record for the best opening ever for a movie musical. The former record holder was Mamma Mia in 2008. Also, also in, in 2008. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Mamma Mia had glory for like less than 12 months. Yes. That sucks. Yeah. And then second, Lucas Graybeal apparently pushed for Ryan to come out as gay in this film. However, being a Disney film, the prospect of an openly gay character was shot down. And instead, Ryan is shown as possibly developing a romance with Kelsey. Director Kenny Ortega later stated that he believes Ryan would eventually come out while in college. Yeah. I was thinking about it last night. I was like, they never say he's gay, but our entire lives, you just know. Yeah. Like there's no possibility of anything else. I think it's like accidentally true to life in that way. Yes. Yeah. Like it's not, it's coincidental that it's true to life because they're omitting it on purpose. Mm -hmm. But it is true that, you know, there are people you, we knew throughout our entire like teendom and stuff were like, yeah, we know they're gay, but like they haven't said it yet. And that's okay. You know, like, yeah, we'll just wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, in most cases, I've had a few incidences where I've tried to bully people out of the closet. <laughs> that that's because so I'm problematic. You. I know. <laughs> so I know. Well, just because I'm like, can we cut to the chase? Like, why are we doing this? It's not how, that's not how character development works. Two more little fun facts Corbin Blue's dad is his real dad in this movie, just like in Jump In. And then, okay, I do not think that this is real, but this was written on IMDb. The scene where Gabriella was on her bed when she got a call from Troy, it was Vanessa Hudgens' idea to be barefoot. She also wanted the camera to be focused on her soles and toes, then zoom out to capture as it was shot, but that idea was scrapped. That just seems like one huge misinterpretation of a, something that was said. Yes. It also just, I mean, they didn't even spell her name right. So not a particularly reputable source. <laughs> no. Anyway, maybe we almost got a foot moment in this movie, but we didn't. I mean, we did get a foot moment. Her feet oh, are in the shot. You're right. <laughs> there is a feet moment. I even yeah. noticed that because I put the notes together before I finished the movie. When did we first watch this movie? What do we remember about it? What associations do we have with it? Audrey, would you like to go first? I like don't get why I don't remember seeing it for the first time. I probably did see it in theaters, but like I don't remember it at all. Like you definitely were not interested at that mm -hmm. point. And like, so I knew some of the songs, but like generally speaking, and we're, we're going to talk about this in the second half, a lot of the songs are not known yes. in the same way that songs from the first and second movie are known. And yeah. that 
coincides partly with our age, but also that the songs themselves were less good, question I mark? Think, I think we're On getting ahead whole. of ourselves, but there's two things, I think. The first one is that they're less good, but they're also just like a lot more like serious, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're less campy. <laughs> yeah, they're a lot more serious. And then also, I really think that like, a big part of why this movie didn't make the cultural impact that it should have is because it wasn't on Disney Channel playing 24 hours a day. So my associations with this movie, I did not see this movie in theaters. I don't even think I saw it during high school at all because my senior year of high school, like, you know, spring concerts in high school choirs, you always do like a random medley of something like pop music. We were like voting on like what we wanted to do. And I think that most of us wanted to do like Rent or like The Lion King or something like that. But for some reason, there was like a small contingent of people that wanted to do High School Musical 3. And for some reason, they won. So we ended up doing this whole High School Musical 3 medley. And I did not know any of the songs until we did that. Which also reminds me of um, something else really funny that happened in that era, which was that we also had to pick like a senior song for them to like show a slideshow of our pictures over like very in memoriam, but we're not dead yet vibes. They do it every year too. Yeah. And we really wanted to do this like actual choral piece that we had learned like sophomore year. It's a really good song. Um, But our teacher's very like specific about like this has to it, like he doesn't want anything to be tonally inappropriate but it's like if you're a choir teacher they want to do a choral song that you should let them the point is it ended up with us singing stay by rihanna <laughs> which is such a weird song to sing in this scenario yeah um it's but yeah. like abusive relationship <laughs> literally like why I, I was so confused about it and it was also so funny. So yeah, we sang High School Musical 3 and then we also sang Stay by Rihanna. <laughs> the song Scream is enough oh. to oh. Um, save the reputation of the entire film. It's enough to save the reputation of the entire <laughs> franchise, bro. Yeah. I yeah. That's my favorite song in the High School Musical franchise. It's 100%. so good. I was just going to say, that's, to me, what do I remember? Scream. Yes. It's Scream. Scream and also the weird ending. We are like already like <laughs> teaming over into part two. So let's take our break. It's on Disney+. Plus. I just want to say I'm at this Airbnb and they have like a Roku or whatever. And someone left their... Uh, Disney Plus logged in, but I had to pick a profile like of one of the users to watch the movie. And there was one named Mommy with a picture of Belle. And so I played the role of Mommy last night as I was watching High School Musical 3. So thank you, Mommy. Out nice. There. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we will be right back. Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. 
Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically, or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, everyone, are you ready to indulge in some drama therapy? Because we are. As we explore the life imitates art imitates life nature of High School Musical 3. Lots and lots of, is this diegetic? Is this non-diegetic type thoughts? Yes. But then you realize about halfway through after like several of the numbers have passed that everything is diegetic. There is... Except, wait, actually, no, that's not true. Can I have this dance is non-diegetic. Scream is non-diegetic. So yeah, we actually do have a mix. But for the most part, most of the songs are justified by actually being in the production. Most of them. Yes. I mean, they also definitely feel like fantasy sequences, but it doesn't matter at this point. It doesn't. and I, I, lo- I kind of love that. I have to say, like, the choreography and the visuals and the tone, the, like, the color tone of the film are amazing. Like, yeah, I agree. Kenny Ortega is a genius. Like, he, he really, really, <laughs> really is. This, these movies would be nothing without him. They would be so oh, shitty yeah. without him. You, I cannot yeah. state that enough. I want it all... That song... It was really good. It was so good. It was good. really good. I literally had to show Hunter, because he actually hasn't seen High School Musical 3. I had to be like, you need to see this number, though. Like, Gabriella in the maid outfit. It's Oprah calling. Again. She wants you on the show. They're gonna have to get back to you. Oh, my God. Rotating stages. The turntable. Yeah, like the turntable, the Chicago reference. It is really good. I do agree. I watched that part when I was on the plane here and I was like super sleep deprived. And I was just like, mm, this is pretty good. Yeah. Like, I'm not mad to be watching this. Yeah. But what's funny about that song is how it starts. Like there's no um there's no like music that goes oh, under the yes. the start. She just goes, Imagine nope. having everything. Imagine having everything we ever dreamed. Don't you want it? Maybe. Can't you see it? Kind of. That happens a lot in this movie. Yeah. Where it'll be like, we're talking, we're talking. And then all of a sudden it's like a fully produced like vocal track happening. Yeah. Which like goes against the like Howard Ashman rules of musicals. (laughs) Yes. Yes. You're having like music and dialogue that goes into a song rather than just starting the song. Yes. Also, we forgot that uh, this is the last chance to get it right is also non-diegetic. 
Yeah. No, now that I, I don't know why I said that because actually there's a lot like the, um, just walk away and da, 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 yeah. da, that's also non-diegetic. That song, how many times does she do have, we have to watch this bitch go through the same arc? Well, that's like my main complaint about this movie is that they're rehashing the same arc again. Like actually again. It's the same like, arc as the first movie, but in the third, at least in the second with the change of environment. I just can't believe that even in the third movie, <laughs> these bitches still don't want to be in the goddamn musical. Like, you. <laughs> Is dad really still pushing his dream, not yeah. yours? Like... <laughs> Like, Come on, people. I feel like the sentiment people always have with this is like, why did nobody tell, why did nobody tell Zach Efron about like double majoring or whatever? But then at the end, he actually does. Like that is what he does. He like goes to <laughs> Berkeley, which is close to Stanford, so he can double, he can like <laughs> the ending. <laughs> The ending was like, it's like a domino effect of disappointing outcomes. Oh, yeah. For them at the end. Yeah, no, frankly, I don't really give a shit if Kelsey gets the scholarship, first of all. Yeah. I mean, I guess she is the one who deserves it artistically. And I also, I, I do like that they give it to Ryan because he is a choreographic genius. Like, he is the Kenny Ortega of this yeah. movie. Why are you damning Sharpay to a life? in the high school theater department. The Sharpay outcome was literally heartbreaking. Yeah. You're going to have her go to the local school to major in theater and then have her come back to assist the drama club one year out? That actually is some glee shit. That is some glee shit. It is some glee shit. <laughs> Where yes. they just have to keep showing up because there's no other way for them to be in the show. But this isn't a TV show. This is the end of no. a movie. And, you know, also, they, they give like, her a spinoff. But, like, I almost feel like that... I mean, the spinoff is not good. They damn her to that fate at the end of the third movie. And then they're like, actually, she's going to New York. Like, so I guess canonically, she does give up on, like, <laughs> she does chase her dreams. But <laughs> yeah, well, I'm also like, as for the original three, why would you make Sharpay's final beat about like shitting on this, this random girl. girl? It's just so weird. Like... It's because Why is it not something deeper? They just could not not view Sharpay as a villain. It's so sad. Which is crazy because there it would have been so easy, like actually astoundingly easy to make her plot line in the third movie about redemption in, in the proper way rather than like scheming. There could have been something that they resolved between her and Ryan, that that's kind of what needed to happen. Yeah. Because uh -huh. Ryan constantly feels sidelined and used by her, and she needed to see that he actually provides a lot of artistic value, and he does. Mm -hmm. Like, he literally, he's, like, way more useful than she is in terms of, like, yeah. creating. <laughs> and yeah. So... I think that should have been her lesson is like, I value my brother. And then like, maybe they do get the scholarships together. Yeah. Something See, like that. that would have been good. Yeah. And like, that could have made me cry. <laughs> yeah, that actually could have been really, really good. Like, Sharpay's not good, though. 
So it would be kind of hard to buy. The thing that drives me crazy about all movies of this genre that are about like going to college or whatever, like why are they making these media representations that are like the, the school jock is going to get scouted by Juilliard? Yeah. That's, a, Juilliard is not scouting. B, what the fuck? <laughs> it just makes no sense. And it like, messes it messes us does, up. I mean, it, as kids, yeah. it messes us up to understand how these structures work because by the time you actually get to junior year of high school and you actually have to start thinking about this stuff, your yes. mental image of how it works is so wrong. It's so wrong. <laughs> it's so wrong. I just want to say that scene where Troy comes up into her bedroom and then feeds her that chocolate-covered strawberry, it's that was insane. a metaphor for sex. Oh, yeah. I actually... <laughs> wrote that this movie is great representation for those that have sex in high school. <laughs> like that one scene. You're really right. That one scene where Gabriella and um, Taylor are in the yearbook room and Corbin and Zac Efron are like there with their associated woman and they're like leaning all out. They're like pda And I'm like, yeah. this shit is fucking crazy. Like if I Wait, saw Audrey. This, <laughs> what? It's so funny that you said this because I wrote down the exact same thing yeah. about that scene. I was like, I was like, there are high schoolers I teach who are seniors that are couples and they never, ever, 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 ever would act like that. No. And I would also lay the smack down if they did. They're just so, like, they're PDAing like they're in their 20s. Like it's it, because they like are, <laughs> but it's just or like different. They're PDAing like they're, they're in line at Cedar Point. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you guys are in school. Like what? Yeah. It's gross. But you're saying it's good representation for those who have sex in high school? They might feel seen by that scene. <laughs> I don't. They're not seen enough. <laughs> Those people. They need visibility. Maybe they're, <laughs> they're so valid. <laughs> One thing, though, that we sh we need to talk about. I like how Taylor, like, isn't letting Gabriella cop out. I also wrote that down. <laughs> yeah, because, like, we've talked about this sort that, of thing recently. Like, the whole thing yeah. is that Gabriella is, like, she's getting cold feet about going to Stanford early because she's, like, I'm going to miss. Which I get. I also would be, like, really hesitant to miss the end of, like, I would. I never would have missed the musical or prom or any of that stuff. Like, yeah. I just wouldn't have yeah. done that. So I get why she has cold feet. But she's also saying... Maybe I'll just go to University of Albuquerque or whatever next year yep. and just like okay. play it cool for a while when <sighs> Taylor knows that she's only saying that because of Troy. Yes. That's very real. The weirdly complex moment where Taylor calls Troy her crush and then she gets like super upset yeah. and then she like changes its relationship. <laughs> I was like, she was like, whoa. Like, it was a soft spot. And then I was like, wait, is there, like, an inferiority complex going on? Like, does she think that he's better than her? Like, why well, is it being framed this way? I mean, Taylor has always thought Gabriella is better than him. Yes. She's very much like, I'm going to put up with this until you break up, and then I'm going to disparage him every day of my life. Yeah. Like, she's very much tolerating yeah. this shit. Like, she's... Can you relate to that, Audrey? Tolerating people's boyfriends? I can. Yeah. I think Taylor does a lot better of a job than I do. Though. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, same. I'm pretty good at it, but it's been a while since I've had to do it. Yeah, I just, I think typically what happens is like there's just some drifting that happens at that point and it's not even on purpose. Yes. The whole thing in Glee where Rachel's like, maybe I'll stay in Lima because Finn is going to stay in Lima. I'm like, is it just a coincidence that these plots are the same? Wait, at the very beginning, when they're in the locker room, like when the game is happening and there's that B-roll shot of the kid with a paw print, like (laughs) I could only assume like temporary spray tattoo on the back of his (laughs) head. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And the shot was hilarious because it's like he's looking away. So you see the paw on the back of his head. He like turns his head slowly to the side. Uh, I have two really small things. One question for the culture. Why are they selling Gabriella's house? Because they're moving. Like, like I think the, the plan was just to stay through high school. Because remember, she moves every year. And then her mom was yeah. like, we're letting, like, I'm letting you stay in this school till you graduate. And then, she, like, she just yeah. moves. So, I don't know why, but. The fact that they're buying big ass houses and then selling them yeah. is an interesting choice. A single, a single mom who works two jobs, if you will. Yeah, a single mom. <laughs> and then... My other thing is, I think that the only time I have ever heard Sharpay have vibrato ever was, even though we're miles apart. Yeah. The third one, she had real vibrato and I was like. I know. And it was such a. I have never heard that. It was such a breath of fresh air. I was like, why don't you let this bitch have some vibrato? I really did appreciate that. I need to know, side note, where This is in my problematic section. Where the fuck is the respect and decorum for how a musical is run? Okay? (laughs) All this coming and going. You can't just have (laughs) the the blatant disrespect for the the, theater. That same, yes. No, that part where it's during the even part and then Zach and Vanessa show up and it's like, Nothing. It it feels like you're watching someone's stress dream about yes. theater. Yes. And I'm like, if I was Miss yeah. Darbus, I would actually kill these people. I would murder yeah. them in cold blood. Because the way they are fucking <sighs> with the production for their on their own stupid ass teenage whims, I would say, Yeah, I'm Miss Darbus and I provided you an opportunity. <laughs> to reflect <laughs> on your time here and you just you incorporate the, they're incorporating the real and the fantasy too much like yeah please they're turning her twinkle town musical into, into a, a farce, farce for the third year in a row <laughs> like she really was like being sweet she's so nice in the third movie and it's so fake It's so wrong. Like, she's so nice when in reality, she would be so ready for them to leave the school. Oh, yeah. And she would not recommend fucking Troy Bolton for a Juilliard scholarship. Somebody who can't even admit that they like singing (laughs) to this fucking day. (laughs) Who's, like, still not sure. Who, like, yeah. I will say, though, just as a side note, watching him, he really performs in this movie. He, He like, really goes for it. Yeah. And he is a really good performer and a really good dancer. Yes. 
all those things are yeah. true. Um, and mm-hmm. like Zac Efron, the person, does a great job in this movie. I know how we feel about the song, The Boys Are Back. That song should not be in this. But yes. watching them do it, it looks so difficult. And I'm so out of breath just watching them, you know? Yeah. That it's like, yeah. these, they are such like legitimate performers in that sense. But the song... <laughs> Um, it's almost like they were like, can we just have five minutes to be straight, please? <laughs> right. Yes. That is what so it feels like. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also just like the movie is so long already that when that one's in there, you're like, can I get a break here? That's yeah. how I felt. But it's good. It's fine. Coach Bolton is a dilf, but we knew that already. I don't agree. I don't agree. Um... to say more I just don't he's too cringy (laughs) you can't handle some cringe in your men no you're cringing at the concept of tolerating cringe (laughs) in your men I can see it (laughs) the fact they made Ryan the mascot at the beginning I was like you fuckers The disrespect for him like, never ends, honestly. And they don't even, like, the only moment of redemption for him is getting the scholarship. But I'm like, why don't they all literally go around one okay. by one and apologize? <laughs> <laughs> right. These kinds of movies love to just, like, shit on a character for the whole movie and then be like, they get the scholarship. Yeah, and be like, that is the most ultimate validation you could ever want. And it's like, yes. no, actually, they deserve... A full apology. The respect of their peers. From every person here. This is so random, but they played like whoa at that party. I wrote that down. And I was like, good. <laughs> it's diegetic Allie and AJ. In universe yeah, Allie like, and AJ. Does Allie and AJ exist? I guess they do. Should we look at the common sense media prompts? Yeah. Just looking at these prompts, because I actually do think they're good questions. Families can talk about what makes high school graduation such an important rite of passage. How are each of the characters approaching the end of an era? I guess it's like my question. Let's combine this with, does the movie at all reflect your own experiences? How is it similar or different? Do you think people generally get an accurate or inaccurate view of teen life from this movie? So I guess what I'm asking is like, as theater bitches, yeah. as people that graduated high school, like, do we feel represented by this? In some way, yeah. In some way. Yeah. I think some of the more real scenes where they're, like, just mentally processing the fact that things are about to change. Yeah. Are true to life. Like, yeah, I think that it is like the most when you've had a somewhat uneventful childhood it is like the biggest (laughs) thing when you've had a trauma free childhood yeah yeah. it's like the biggest shift of your life so Mm -hmm. yeah I I relate to that I also the ending to me is really like I know not the not the scholarship part not the end of the musical but literally when they're the curtain call the curtain call it's like Fuck. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't like the curtain call. I think I it's do. weird. I like do. I don't know why, but I do. I think I I like at the end of it, you get like a really like on the nose, blatant, like 
deliberate goodbye to those characters. Like, that never happens. Like, the end of Harry Potter feels so okay. Like, I'm just like, okay, is that really it? Although there is the the thing after the fact. But, like, there's just a part of my Cancer Pisces self that really enjoys having such a formal goodbye to that chapter. Like, I I feel it for them. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, this feels really real for them. Yes, but I'm like... It feels like, it kind of to me feels like you're watching a couple say goodbye before one of them leaves for a trip or something. Like, it feels like I shouldn't be seeing Well, it's one of those, it almost too kind of reminds me of what we would say about Princess Diaries 2. It's too family video. Like, it's too personal. Yes. Yes. But I'm the type of person that can appreciate that. I mean, I'm not staunchly against it. I think that this this one change would have made it way less weird for me, which is if they would just, when they go to each person's face, be like, Zac Efron is Troy. Yeah, just with make text. it like credit. Yeah. Like instead of it being like these weird shots where there's kind of like character select screen, yeah. like moving and smiling (laughs) like that would have made it less weird like if it was a nice script font if they just broke the fourth wall for that because they did because they already did yeah they did so why not just do it more yeah yeah did you romanticize graduating slash the very end of high school like how would you describe your end of high school experience I feel like kind of I kind of did because I had a really good year. Like, it, it genuinely mm-hmm. was a really, really fun year. Yeah, probably my most fun year of high school. So, like... Same, for sure. Yeah, so it's like... I definitely we was finally, sad it was over. <laughs> I think I actually was. Because yeah. school wasn't hard for me by then. So, like, it was just, like, getting yeah. to hang out with your friends in an unserious way every single day while also... Yeah. Um, like getting Chipotle and singing and dancing and shit. So like it was fun. Yeah. I was, I, don't know. I was kind of thinking like about how in this movie, they talk a lot about like friendships, like will they last? Like will they whatever? And like you and I both are still so close with so many people from high school. Yeah. But most of that is because they're all gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm actually, it's like, I'm closer with your high school friends than I am with my high school friends. For, yeah. For sure. With the exception of like a few. Yeah. I think like the half-life on high school friendships is extended if there's gayness involved. That's just how it is. Or it's like with the thing where like, if you've been friends for like a long enough period of time, it's like easy to maintain. Yeah. So this next question is, how have Troy and the other characters changed over the course of the three movies? Which I think is a really bold question. not at all. (laughs) (laughs) No, they've stayed the same, 100%. They've stayed the same other than the fact that the only ways that they've changed are the ways that time requires you to change. There was no actual large character arcs for any of them. None of them changed fundamentally over the course of these movies. And the fact that that can be true and that it can still be so iconic is actually amazing. (laughs) It is. It's because of Mr. Kenny Ortega. Yeah. Because, like, we're not there for, like, deep emotional stakes. Like, we're there for fun and we're there for song and dance. Yeah. And we're there for an unreal amount of school spirit. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
I think that these movies are like a really, really good example of like movies that are really fun. Like it's really fun to watch yeah. and like it is stupid, but like it doesn't matter. No. Like at all. It's just, it's like candy. I, I really do like High School Musical 3. I don't know. Nobody likes <laughs> High School Musical 3. Everyone pretty much favors the second one now. I think that's like the current reigning yeah. opinion. Um, yeah. But I just think that uh, it does deserve like a rewatch. I do. I agree. I agree. And I also just like, I do appreciate the fan service of it all. Like it makes sense to do it that way. So this was the last installment of this franchise. And clearly it made like a gigantic cultural impact between Glee and like all the other musical things like Pitch Perfect. This was like the thing that kind of started it. And I am curious what you think it was about this that, awoke the culture in such a way. The musical's popularity ebbs and flows. hmm Like, I always think about how um, there were a few, you know, throughout the 50s and 60s, movie musicals became really, really popular and really profitable. And they were actually, like, the most popular thing. And that's why we have so many great movie musicals from the, those times. Um, and then this movie musical of like Hello Dolly came out and it like yeah killed the genre genre. everything has its uh waves of popularity I guess but I I I do think it's really Mm -hmm. interesting how politics and like the zeitgeist of the country affects if musicals are popular or not and like how real is that correlation because we have seen a resurgence even within the past few years but I don't think that enough of them have been successful enough to really say that it's back in a real way? No, I don't think it's back. Streaming has changed too much in terms of that because some streamers are willing to take risks on musicals that they would not have taken if they had to put it in theaters. Yeah. So it's like this thing wouldn't even exist without streaming, but does it does that mean that it's really being watched and it's really important to the culture like not necessarily. Yeah. So Yeah, that's really true. Do you think we would have made the documentary had there not been like a cultural legacy of like misrepresentations of show choir and like things like because there's something to sort of disprove almost in the documentary by showing so much detail on how it all works? Um, no, I think I would have made it anyway, because it still would have been an underground type of thing that people Mm -hmm. wouldn't really know about. So I think I would have made it either way. But having Glee exist just gave people an entry point to... Yeah, like a framework for it. Yeah, a framework for it, which like can be helpful for like marketing reasons. But I think I would have, I would have wanted to do it either way. Yeah, I mean, we definitely weren't like, let's do it because of Glee. But I do think that the fact that there is the framework helps people like be able to get into the world without being like, what am I in for? Yeah. How do the characters demonstrate empathy and integrity? I know. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Okay. They don't. They literally don't. No, they don't. There are a lot of issues with High School Musical. However, I think that it is been such a positive and fun contribution to like youth culture of our generation and like people a little bit older people a little bit younger like they're so fun they're so harmless 
it's just like a fun group of friends having fun and being unproblematic. And yeah, that's one thing about High School Musical. That is appreciated. Yeah, it is very unproblematic. <laughs> yep. Minus the fact that they disrespect the theater constantly. <laughs> <laughs> It's only problematic in its treatment of the art form. Yeah. No, literally. <laughs> yeah. I have never seen such blatant disregard for the ways of the stage. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the ways of the stage. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, I think that Disney really was on to something, as they tend to be. And I'm very glad that the franchise exists. Shout out to Kenny Ortega. Yeah actual legendary mind like if I ever yeah. somehow had a chance to work with him I would do literally anything on that set I would do anything yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> water bottle person I hope that happens <laughs> hopefully maybe that's in our future somewhere yeah it's a dream mm-hmm. it's a great franchise I had so much fun oh. um, do you have a favorite song Scream. Scream. Okay. One thousand percent. Yeah. Same. Scream is a song that I will like listen to in my car. Yeah. Like that's the only one I would ever do that with. Yeah. Which is saying something because I don't tend to like boy songs. I, but I also that song goes so hard. Yeah. It's so good. I I also kind of I think it really has maybe more to do with the choreography, but the choreography for the prom song. It's gonna be a night. Yeah. I want it all, A Night to Remember, whatever it's called, and Scream. Those were like my favorites. Also, I want to say shout out to this movie for their actually being believable chemistry between Zac Efron and Vanessa Hudgens, as opposed to Rachel and Finn. Holy shit. I'm so glad there's real chemistry because otherwise it wouldn't. It's true. Makes sense. They're doing it right. It's a little different though because Gabriella is not Sharpay. Right. It was a Sharpay Troy thing. That would be more. Similar, but still. Yeah. Our HSM trilogy series finally coming to a close. We have covered all three and we are almost at our 100th episode in in general in like a few weeks. So the fact that it took us almost 100 episodes to do all three (laughs) is funny. Good for us for waiting this long. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, Audrey, it's time. You can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at tupingproductions.com. We're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Sleepover Cinema and post a full video version of each episode on YouTube every Thursday. You can follow me, Audrey, at Audrey and Leach on everything. You can follow me, Hannah, at Hannah Ray Leach on Instagram and at Lana Von Trapp on Twitter. And of course, you can join our Discord server at the link in the episode description or on evergreenpodcast.com. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com slash shop. We have so many items that are waiting to be purchased. And if you like the show, leave us a review, send an episode to a friend, you know, spread the good word. I know you guys are known to do that. So just keep up (laughs) that energy. Follow us on TikTok at Sleepover Cinema and 
subscribe to us on YouTube because we are at 900 subscribers and it has been my lifelong yeah. dream to be in the freaking creator fund on YouTube. <laughs> so we just need a hundred more and we'll be so yeah. pleased. I'll, I'll be set for life actually. Sleepover Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Rule Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.